You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. with you to be of one mind united in thought and purpose Paul writes to the Corinthian church and says I plead with you I admonish you I ask you I require of you I desire of you I plead with you to be of one mind united in thought and purpose in mathematics, the number one is um, a multiplicative identity. It's sometimes called the unity. It is also the only number for which there's special facts that are absolute true. For example, any number multiplied by one equals the number that it was multiplied by. Seven times one equals seven. Any number divided by one equals the number that it was divided by. Seven divided by one equals seven. In computer science, the number one is important because the binary numeral system uses only ones and zeros to represent numbers. In machine code and many programming languages, one means True or yes, and zero means false or no. In Middle Eastern religions, the most perfect number was one. For by advancing from zero to one, men believed they proceeded from non-existence to existence. Moreover, all other whole numbers were regarded as multiples of one, representative of the creator, the prime mover, of the universe. In number symbolism, Pythagorean, Pythagoreanism, I'll get my tongue around that one. The number one symbolized unity and the origin of all things, since all other numbers can be created by one by adding enough copies of it to each other. Not surprising, the number one is generally treated as a symbol of unity. Therefore, in monotheistic religions, it often symbolizes God or the universe. In the Bible, the meaning of the word one or the number one is seen in Hebrew words such as echod, a normal form. It properly means united or first. You'll see other words like akad, Perhaps uh, 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 it is a primitive root of the one that we mentioned before. And it means to unify. Those are Hebrew words for the number one. In the New Testament, you'll see Greek words like heis, which means a primary numeral, or one, for example. And you see that in John 17 and 21, and we'll talk about it in a bit. Other Greek words like mia just means one or first. And so our theme for 2023 is one. One accord, one church, and one mission. 
Everything is about one. I want to speak to you for the next few moments on one accord, one church, and one mission. Because in 2023, if there's anything that ever needs to happen to mission point, it is to become one in one accord, in one church, and in one mission. This city will be turned upside down because of a church that comes together as one. One accord you can attach to that word communion. You'll see in the word communion, it mentions union. It's the act of sharing or holding in a common participation that we are going to do it together. One accord in what? Well, the Bible gives us many examples, uh, but I'm just going to give you uh, three of them tonight. Uh, one accord, uh, first of all, in prayer. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. What does one accord in prayer do? It gives you access to God. You can have access to everyone else in the world, but no one will compare to access to God, dependence on God, the language of heaven, direct connection with the Creator, communication with the Almighty, expression of the human soul and fellowship with God, the radar of human spirit, the lungs that facilitate our spiritual breathing, the spark that of spiritual discovery, the prayer that breaks us. Prayer is a necessary part of being in one accord. The Bible speaks about prayer that breaks us and the brokenness that brings you and I into a perfect alignment with God's purpose. And that plan is only voluntarily done. No one can force you to pray. But when the church comes together in prayer and supplication... In one accord, something happens. Uh, you watch the brokenness that happens with the woman uh, who broke the alabaster box uh, of precious ointment. There was a turning to God uh, with all of her heart, a humbling herself uh, before the Almighty, a thorough repentance, uh, a turning from iniquity, a fasting before God, an emptying of spirit, of self, uh, self-will, self-rule, selfishness, uh, hunger and a thirst uh, after righteousness, a renewed commitment to obedience, a desperation for a divine manifestation of a move of God. If there's anything we need in 2023, it's to come together in one accord, in prayer and supplication. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. I want you to pray every day. I want you to pray uh, on a daily basis, wherever you are. But it is also important that when we come together, we come together in one accord, in one place uh, to pray. When they were in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, uh, it wasn't just a gathering uh, to share thoughts and ideas of the week. Young people, they didn't need their phones in the upper room. Adults, they didn't need their phones in the upper room. They didn't need toys for the kids. 
Hear me tonight. We're not going to have a move of God without the power of prayer in one accord. All I can tell you is 30 years ago, 40 years ago, there was no phones for kids to play with to occupy their times in church while prayer was happening. There wasn't a necessary necessity of a full bed lunch either. It was a time to come together, uh, to be in one accord, in one place, uh, for an absolute move uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, And when the woman broke the alabaster box uh, in front of God's feet, uh, she didn't care what anyone else thought. Uh, She didn't care how long it took. Uh, She didn't care what was going to happen next. Uh, All that mattered uh, was to be in the presence of God uh, at that moment. Uh, We need uh, a move uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, And that's only going to happen with one accord in one place with prayer. I'm not talking about a five-minute prayer. I'm not talking about a nice little Jesus, 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 I love you. I'm talking about prayer that says, search me, God. Search me, God. Break me, God. Stretch me. God, lead me, God, use me, God. It's not looking at the clock to fill an hour. It's getting into a powerful moving of the Holy Ghost in one accord in prayer. I've got a goal. I didn't come tonight with just a fancy little message. I've got a goal for 2023. I'd like every prayer night for there to be at least 120 in the room and that the powerful presence of God would fill this prayer house. Hallelujah, that nothing else mattered. Nothing else mattered. Hallelujah, it didn't matter what music was being played ahead of time. It didn't matter. Hallelujah, people were walking or kneeling or standing. That There would be an unction of the Holy Ghost that would fill the house of the Lord in one accord of prayer. I took a little bit of time this week to read some excerpts from the story of the Davis sisters when they stepped onto this soil in 1923 and they walked into this city in 1924. They didn't come with some fancy entourage or No, no, they came with a desire to see God move. And that only happened because there was an absolute desire to be in one accord in prayer. As I read the stories of how the halls would fill and they would have to wait on the outside for that church service to empty so they filled the hall again. Let me tell you that is a powerful move of the Holy Ghost for the first time that Pentecost ever came to this city. Hallelujah. It only happened and stirred because of one accord in prayer. We can come up with uh, all the fancy songs and the great music uh, and the powerful programs and I'm for it all. But until uh, the church gets back to the dimension of one accord uh, in prayer. That's where it started. That's where it will be renewed. That's
that's where it will be refreshed in 2023. I was encouraged Friday night to see half enough to be in the house of the Lord for prayer. I was encouraged. Approximately 60. We're here Friday night and I'm thankful for it. If you're a part of that 60, I'm so thankful. And I'm looking for 120 this Friday. You don't leave your kids home. This is where they learn to pray. You don't need to bring anything to occupy them. This is where they learn to pray. This is where it's done. Listen, if we expect our families to survive in the generation that we are in, that will not happen without prayer. You might have something else to do. It's not as important as being in the house of God for prayer. Unless you're out of town or you're at work, swamped. I want you in God's house. Amen. It's an extra drive in. There's nothing that's worth more than an extra drive on a Friday night to prayer. I got a few. I'm looking for everybody. Hallelujah. One accord in prayer. Search me, God. Break me. Hallelujah. Stretch me. Lead me and use me. Nothing will be accomplished that will last in 2023 without prayer. I went to a funeral. Over the break, of a great man of prayer, Vinnie Calhoun, who was part of this church, beginning stages of Coburg Street. And it was talked about at that funeral. And I'm thankful for people like him and many others that have been part of the foundation of this church. And I'm so thankful for ones that have gone on to the reward that have developed in individuals within this church a desire and a hunger for prayer. Let me tell you, don't let us ever, ever lose the fact that it's prayer that got us to where we are. And it's prayer that will be a catalyst for a greater, deeper, transforming move of the Holy Ghost in 2023. If you've got to save all your energy to not be tired to be in church on Friday night for prayer, do whatever you have to do. Because prayer is what will make the absolute difference in your life and in this church. I'm as human as anyone else sitting here. There are many times when it could be easier to come up and do or go on to do something else. But please hear the pastor's heart tonight. I'm looking for, out of four or five hundred people, 120. I don't think that's a big ratio. It would be great if everyone that was sitting in this room tonight was in prayer on Friday night. But I'm looking for at least 120. Just like it was in the upper room. 
not saying we'll have to stay for nine days. If some wanted to, they could. Not saying that that would have to happen. I'm just saying for us to come together in one accord, in one place, for a powerful move of prayer. One accord in worship. Acts 2 and 46, and they continued daily with one accord in the temple. And breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Acts 4, 24, and when they heard this, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. And said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is one accord in worship we don't all worship the same we're not all created the same but we're created after the same image and that image desires and wants everybody in this room to worship him with everything that is within you reverent devotion and an allegiance that's pledged to the Almighty God. The rituals or ceremonies by which that reverence is expressed. It may be a worshiping and a raising of hands of some. It may be a lifting up of voice. It may be tears flowing down faces. It may be knees on the carpet. It may be you groaning and moaning in intercession before God. But whatever it is... Let there be a one accord in worship. The English word for worship comes from an old English word, worthship. A word which denotes the worthiness of the one receiving the special honor or devotion. The principal Old Testament word is shaka. means to depress or bow down, prostrate, bow their heads and worship the almighty God. 94 plus times it's mentioned in that way in the Old Testament of how people just made sure that the God who deserved worship was given worship. The context determines more or less clearly whether it's a physical act or a volitional or emotional idea. Everyone's going to worship him a little bit different. What's important is that there is one accord in worship hear me tonight when we enter into the house of the Lord it doesn't matter who's singing it doesn't matter who's playing it doesn't matter what songs are being done all that matters is we've come for one purpose and that's to give him his worship The principal New Testament word 59 times. Proscunio means kiss the hand or the ground towards the Almighty God. Often in a fashion of bowing, prostrate upon the ground. Something about us lowering ourselves for Him to be exalted. All I know is what we know for sure is when we worship when it's rightfully given to the Almighty God in sincerity, it is transformational. 
one accord in worship creates an atmosphere for the miraculous. You want a miraculous church? Let's get together one accord in prayer and one accord in worship. One accord in worship states the sovereignty of God. One accord in worship is spontaneous. One accord in worship binds anything that's contrary to the word of God. You don't have to worry about a spirit, hallelujah, that's not of God or something in this world that tries to come into the house of God. When the church of God gets together, one accord in worship, nothing can withstand the power of God. All you have to do is look in the Bible and you see the man that had a demon. When he came in contact with Jesus, nothing was said. He immediately fell at his feet and started to worship him. The devil has no authority when everybody within the house of God comes together in one accord in worship. Something powerful takes place. One accord in mind. Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The Hebrew language, there is no word for mind. Several words are sometimes translated as mind. The word for heart frequently means mind. The word for soul is sometimes used similarly. And the word for spirit, you'll see in Ezekiel 11 and 5, it's used for mind. So the Old Testament, you see words like heart and soul and spirit that are used for mind. And Deuteronomy, Moses writes in chapter 6, verse 5, That's a love, the Lord thy God, with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Chapter 10 and 12, And now Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul. 26, 16, This day the Lord thy God hath commanded thee to do these statutes and judgments. Thou shalt therefore keep and do them with all thine heart and with all thy soul. 30 and 6 And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that thou mayest live. That's just a few examples from the book of Deuteronomy. One accord in mind and heart, soul, and spirit. That's why Jesus picks up on the very same thought in Matthew 22. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. One accord in mind. Luke 10 27, and he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. Given everything you can, everything you can do, 
Do it with your heart, soul, spirit, with your strength, and with all your mind. Mark says that this is the first commandment. So here it is tonight. Number one, you got to love God with one accord in prayer, in worship, and in mind. Something happens when we come together in one accord as one in prayer and worship, worship and the mind of Christ. Second of all tonight, one church, community. You see within the word community is unity. Jesus uses the example of the oneness of God to explain the church. You can, you can read this passage in John chapter 17, verse 11. I won't read all the verses, but I'll read just some of them. Verse 11, and now I'm more, uh, no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. 21, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me and the glory which thou gavest me. I have given them that they may be one even as we are one. I in them, thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one. I want you to notice that this whole passage God's talking about the church. He mentions multiple times in the passage that we're not of the world because he's not of the world. So we're not connected to the world. What we are is connected to each other. Absolutely important that we are unified or are in unity as the church. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for the people of this church. But in 2023, I want to even see us come to a greater unity than we've ever been before. Because there's one church... And there's only one head of that church. And that is Jesus Christ. And when the church is unified in one accord... Mm -mm. There's nothing. Amen. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. He said that they all may be one. The prayer was literally answered to the first believers who were all of one heart and of one soul. And you can read that in Acts 4 and 32. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. That's the beginning of the church. The church started with them being in one accord, in one place. That's how it started. And by Acts 4, this is what Luke is telling us about the church. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. They were still in a unified mention. That means uh, that they all still had their own preferences. They all still had their own opinions. Uh, they weren't a cookie cutter church. Uh, but they were uh, unified uh, as the church. 
This is not my church. This is his church. This is not our church. This is his church. Hallelujah. This church belongs to him. Hallelujah. And we're unified under the auspice of him. Not me, not you. It doesn't matter about you or I. What matters is the church. Mm. Why is it that some believers are not in the same spirit from time to time? Because we, we must get back to the example and the truth of Christ and the church. Why is it? You see it in verse 21 of John 17. He tells us that he wants us to be as one. Why? He tells us exactly why. That the world may believe. That the world may believe. Not whether I got my way. Who cares? At the end of the day, it's not about that. At the end of the day, it's, well, he won and I lost, or I won and she lost. No, it has no bearing on those things. That's silly. Well, you know, that person's teaching and I'm not. That person's singing. No, none of those things matter. All that matters is that the world may believe. That's why the church comes together. It's not that we're some spit-shining club. That's not what the church is. The church is a light to the city that's here that we live in. That they may believe in the power of the unity of the church. Not just Mission Point. Not just the daughter works. I know it's not just about that. It's about the church, the group, the whole church being unified. But that starts right here. With us as one. Verse 22. And the glory which thou gavest me. I have given them. That they may be one. Even as we are one. That's the power. To work miracles. To preach the unadulterated truth. The praying. The praying for people. To see things happen. The believing on the power of the word that as it is preached, something is going to take place. More than just a natural response. More than just a natural understanding. John 17 and 20. uh, It says, I have communicated all those who believe or shall believe in me. The glorious privilege of becoming sons of God. That that being all adopted children of the same father, that they may abide in peace Love and unity. Let me tell you, I can't even I can't even give how powerful the church will be if the church comes together absolutely unified for one purpose. There is no telling what will take place. So he uses the example of the church. Paul uses the example also of the body to explain the church in unity. He writes in Romans 12, for, he says, for as, many as, or for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. He also writes to the 
church at Corinth. And he said, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink of one spirit. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. God's blessed me to pastor this incredible church, and I'm thankful for it. But I'm not the head of this church. There's only one head of the church, and that's Jesus Christ. The responsibility of the under shepherd, hallelujah, submits to the chief shepherd, hallelujah, because he is the head of the body, the church. Another comparison besides the body and the church Paul uses is the example of marriage. We never usually talk about this passage when it comes to the church. We usually only talk about it when it's discussing husbands and wives. But this is what it says in Ephesians chapter 5 and 23. For as the husband, or for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Three things that are unified in that verse alone. The unity of husband and wife. All the way back to Genesis. Where God allowed them to become one flesh. That's unity of husband and wife. The church, the Christ and the church is the second example in that verse. And the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. I want you to notice, this is the passage that Paul's talking about when he's talking about husbands and wives. And this is the example he gives, that he might present himself, or to himself, a glorious church. That's not a church that's trying to scramble to get by. That's not a weak-minded church. That's not a weak church in doctrine, a weak church in holiness, a weak church in spirit. No, no, that's a glorious church without a spot or a wrinkle. Oh, he's not talking about perfection. He's talking about a unified church. He gives the example of husband and wife, Christ and church, Savior and body. He's talking about a church coming together, hallelujah, in a unity of mind and spirit, hallelujah, where the church is the most important thing. This has never been my kingdom and never will be. It's his kingdom. It's his church. So up, man. To love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Notice now. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. The word nourisheth means properly to bring up, 
as children. The sense is that he, he provides for. He guards it from the exposure. The exposure of things that would come against the church. Here's what he desires. He desires you to protect the church. If you're still a little bit in shock, it's okay. If you had to hide your phone under your Bible or something. He wants you to protect the church. Don't gossip about the church. Don't talk about what's happening in someone's life that's having a struggle. Pray for the church. Uphold the church. Stand with the church. He's not talking about the church covering things that it shouldn't cover. But he's talking about the church being unified. Let the church be nursed. You don't go around telling every bad thing your kids always did. Why? You don't want them to look bad. You don't want them to be mistreated. You don't want them to be bullied. You don't want them to be looked down upon. We don't do it in the natural. Why would we ever start doing it in the spiritual? You're my brother. You're my sister. If you got an issue, if I've got an issue, let's stand arm to arm and pray with each other. Let's stand arm to arm and hold each other up. Nourish the church. This is the best thing that you have going. Amen. Nothing else compares to the church. The church is going to be triumphant. The church is going to make it. Keep yourself attached to the church and nourish it. Oh, he said, and cherisheth. He cherishes the church. Means properly to warm. Defend. Keep it from the cold. The idea is, do everything you can to protect the church. I'm not talking about covering for sin. Absolutely not. But protect your brothers and your sisters that are part of the church of the living God. One church. One accord and one church. The last thing is one mission. The word is commission. You'll see within the word commission is mission. Matthew 28 and 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I'll just highlight three little things from those three verses. I could preach another whole message right here, but you can figure it out pretty easily yourself. All power is given unto me. That's Jesus speaking. No one else compares to him. No one else is beside him. No one else was before him. And no one else will be after him. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. 
baptize them in the name of. There's only one name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. And that is the name of Jesus. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus. And he responded and said, I am with you always. You don't need anyone else. You don't have to pray for anyone else. You don't have to call upon anyone else. He's with you until the end of the world. And that will be enough. The passage is readily known as the Great Commission. Music come. I'd like to sing the song we sang just before we started ministering. The passage is readily known as the Great Commission. And there's five things needed to fulfill our mission or the commission of Mission Point in 2023. We have to have truth. You can't do the mission that God's called us to do without truth. It is the truth that will make you free. It's the truth that you buy and you never sell. It's the truth that you fall in love with. It's the truth that changed your life. It's not a watered down version. The truth is still absolute. It's still what got you to where you are and will take you the rest of the way. We have to have truth. We must have spirit. Without the moving of the spirit, the great commission is impossible. It is the power of the Holy Ghost that draws all men unto Him. It is the moving of the Spirit of God, the anointing of the Holy Ghost that destroys the yoke, bring barriers down, destroys strongholds. It's a moving of the Spirit that makes the difference. Got to have truth. Got to have spirit. Got to have unity. We got to do the mission together. There must be zeal. I would, like to, I would like to see God refresh you with the same zeal that each and every one of you have when you first came to the Lord. That's what I'd like to see. Can you imagine if this church all of a sudden was transformed into every person sitting here? into the same zeal you had when you came to God for the very first time we'd have to take shifts truth and spirit and unity and zeal and vision the only way that can be accomplished is if we're in one one mission at Mission Point. And the Bible speaks of many important topics throughout the Bible. I'll just name you a few. It speaks about tithing 25 times. 
speaks about the Holy Ghost 90 times, water baptism 100 times, fasting 102 times, prayer 114 times, speaks about offerings 265 times. When you see topics like that, that are mentioned that many times, they're probably pretty important. But hear me now. It speaks about togetherness 581 times. More than tithing, more than Holy Ghost, more than water baptism, more than prayer, more than fasting. Now don't lose sight. Those are all important. But it speaks about coming together for mission. 581 times. One accord. One church. One mission. We got a city that's lost. Thousands of people that don't know the Lord. It breaks my heart every time I look at the obituaries and I see someone has taken their life. Young people that don't have hope and got nowhere to turn to. Something happens in my spirit. I'm talking to Mission Point tonight. If we ever come together in one accord as one church for one mission, there is no telling what 2023 will be like in this city. There is no need. Hear me tonight. There's no need for tent cities. Whatever the reason might be, whether you think it's good or bad or ugly, it doesn't matter. There's no need for it. We have the answer. We have the solution. One accord, one church with one mission can transform people's lives. What I'd love to see is detox empty. Not because no one's going there, but because people are instantly delivered by the power of the Holy Ghost. I would love to see the appointments for counseling and mental health to be normal instead of them being overloaded because an almighty God steps into situations because of a church right here at Mission Point that says we're going to be in one accord as one church with one mission. Genesis 11 and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded 
And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they imagined to do. Now, church, I'm reading to you a passage of something that's done for the wrong reason. And the Lord's response was, even though they were doing it for the wrong reason, He said, because they are as one, nothing will be restrained from them. Can you imagine if we're doing it for the right reason and we come together as one for the right reason the Lord's response for the wrong reason was nothing will be restrained from them whatever they imagine to do Oh, I would just like to have God say that one time for Mission Point in 2023. I see a group of people in St. John, New Brunswick, a church built on prayer and a heritage. Amen. The people within this church have been the result of for decades and decades. And God looked down in one moment and say, that church at Mission Point, hallelujah, have come together as one. And nothing will be restrained from them, whatever they imagine to do. For the right reason. Can you imagine if Mission Point would come together just like that for our mission in 2023? If every person under the sound of my voice in person or watching or listening online would just determine this year, God, I'm going to win one soul, just one. Just one. If everybody made a decision to win one soul, we're in a situation of multiple services or a building program. No, I'm not joking. We're in a situation where multiple services will have to happen to have all people come. Or we're in a building program. If everyone just won one soul in 2023. God, help me to win one soul this year. Help me to win one soul this year. Help me to be as one in mission.
You're going to see events that happen throughout the year. Not that they're exclusively only to these months. But in the first four months, you're going to see a focus on one accord. You're going to see a focus in the second part of one church. In the third part of one mission. We'll be doing mission in the first. But I want you to notice that the events will be focused around our theme for this year as one. One accord, one church, for one mission. Our staff came together. We prayed about our theme for this year. We're unified as a staff in what we have decided. People have worked towards coming up with what you have before us. It wasn't just something that one person... We've, we've done this as a, as a team. Our team is already unified with one accord, one church, one mission. In prayer, God gave to my wife communion, community, and commission. God's already been talking. I shared it with you already. I'm coming to a close. But God put into my spirit in 2003 at General Conference in Toronto that we would see a 200-soul revival. I didn't know when or where. And I had God renew in my spirit at conference this past year. And we would see that happen before the 20th year came to pass. So I'm declaring it for everybody to know. I'm declaring it for the enemy to know and for the Lord to know. That what God has said, it will be so. Because we're going to come together in one accord, in one church, and in one mission. You say, Pastor, you're putting yourself out there. I'm not worried about me. It's not my church. It's His church. It's His kingdom. It's His glory. It's His power. It's His spirit. It's His anointing. It's all about Him. It's not about me. It's about Him. Why don't you stand to your feet tonight? Hallelujah. Make this altar. Hallelujah. Desire. God, make us into one accord. Make us into one church. And make us into one mission, God, for 2023. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.